What will we do without the church? Man. Hey, the Lord founded the church. He knew we needed the church. He knew we needed the fellowship. He knew that's what we needed. And uh, if you want to turn your Bibles to Psalm 119, Psalm 119, we'll read one verse, and then Johnny's going to quote the rest of 119 from memory. Now, Psalm 119, verse 105, familiar scripture to most Christians. If you don't remember uh, the reference, you certainly remember the verse, Psalm 119, 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let's pray again this evening. Lord, we thank you for the word of God. Lord, I pray that you would just help me now, Lord, to preach what you'd have us to and Lord, we try to uh, study on the Word of God and, and Lord, meditate on the Word of God. I pray, Lord, that we could help each one here tonight, Lord, uh, draw closer to you around the Word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, certainly we know the Word of God is important. Uh, she's saying about the church being important. And, of course, without the Word of God, the church would be nothing. We wouldn't have any anything, any preaching to hear, no teaching to hear. We wouldn't have anything to study before we came. We'd have nothing to prepare us for the church. Uh, so we also need the Word of God. And, <clears throat> you know, people see many different things when they look at the Bible. Uh, uh, some people see it basically as nothing. And I want to uh, bring out about three things tonight about what different people see, uh, entitled the message is, What do you see when you look at the Bible? And I know most of us, we, we, we would say tonight, uh, but other people don't say that. Uh, some people would say, others would say, number one, uh, it's a fable. In other words, it's a good story, right? Uh, I remember reading Aesop's fables when I was in in school, and we would read them, and we'd study. We'd even have tests on them, and, and it was all good stuff, you know, but it wasn't the Word of God. Right. And uh, the Word of God is certainly not a fable. Right. A fable is something that, that can give you a good principle, right. uh, can give you a good direction to, to go in, uh, but it's not the Word of God. Yes, Another thing about the fable is you can't say that is truth. That that is absolute. It's just something somebody made up. Although it might be good, it's just something somebody made up. And some uh, religions today would tell you that the Word of God is a fable and it's good to go by. uh, But if you really want to know exactly, if you want to know any details, you come to us and we'll tell you what it means. And so you can't rely strictly on uh, the Word of God. Uh, but God has endowed that to certain men, and you must go to them. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us that as his child, we can read the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit that was put in us when we were saved will reveal that Word to us, each and every one of us uh, that are saved. And so some people uh, call it a fable, and some people say, well, that's the Bible. Well, that's an old Bible. Uh, That's the old Bible. Uh, uh, that used to be the Word of God, but uh, we've got a new one now. 
and uh, an angel brought it down to our leader, and he gave it to us, and uh, it gave us a, a better insight for today's world. And uh, that was for back then, this is for now, and this is what we need to, to go by. And uh, there again, too, it, it, that's, this is the Bible now. now you, it, the, the Bible you have, it's, it's a good book, but you need to read it with our Bible. And when you read it with our Bible, you'll have a better understanding. But still and yet, when there's any question, our president will tell you what's right. Not talking about, talking about the president of the United States. Don't ask him anything. Uh, <coughs> and so they don't really see the Bible as, as truth, as real. And then you have some that will come a little better, and they will say, well, yes, that's the Word of God, and, and the King James Bible that you have, that's one of many Bibles, one of many versions of the Bible. Now, I'll say this, and anybody uh, would have to admit this is true about anything really, but about the Word of God, if there are two if there's two of them that are right, then you have to say there's a few of them right. And if there's a few of them right, there's a slew of them right. right. But you can't, how can you take the word of God from uh, one extreme all the way to the other on several different points and understand what God wants you to know? Right. You can't, you can't say that there's, uh, there are hundreds of versions of the Bible. And you cannot possibly read all those versions and know what God said. I believe in the infallible word of God. I believe that he gave it to us in the English language, in the King James Version, uh, that we may understand. It is not a difficult Bible to understand. The language is not difficult to understand. It's written on the eighth grade level. And most other Bibles, most Bibles are harder to understand, not easier to understand. And one thing that really makes them harder to understand is they contradict themselves. So we don't need a bunch of Bibles. There's one Bible. Even I think that even if, if I didn't believe in the King James Bible, I would still try to pick out one, but I don't know how I would do that. How would I know, well, if that one's right and that one's right and that one's right, which one do I want? I want the one uh, that... God inspired. I want the one that sent out over 40 men to, to transcribe the Bible and to look up the ancient languages and to look it up and, and put it in our word where we can read it today. I certainly don't want a Bible that uh, somebody that does not believe in the blood of Jesus Christ, the salvation, somebody that is actually an agnostic, translates a Greek text and translates a Greek dictionary and then gets the word of God from that dictionary. Right. You say, which one is that? All of them but this one. <laughs> That's right. All of them but this Amen. one. Amen. <clears throat> so what do I see? What do I see when I look at the Bible? Johnny said I had to quit preaching when the water ran out, so I'm taking real small swallows. <laughs> I see the way of life. 
the way of life, not the way of living, but the way of life itself. If you're saved on your way to heaven, you got born again. You were born by the Word of God. You didn't get saved without the Word of God. You can't get saved without the Word of God. You don't know you need to be saved without the Word of God. It takes the Word of God to convict your heart of your sin, and when you're convicted of your sin, that same Word of God will also tell you how to get rid of that sin, and the way to get rid of that sin is in the blood of Jesus Christ that He shed on the cross and died for us and was buried and rose again, and you put your faith than that, and that is what saves you. First Peter 1.23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Amen. The word of God is incorruptible. Yes. Right. The word of God is forever settled in heaven. Yes, so all these people trying to change the word of God, it's a no, no effect because when they're not going to get to heaven to see it probably but when we do get to heaven to see it we'll see that they're not right. right we'll see that God had a word preserved for us to understand our sin to understand our wickedness to understand how evil we are and to understand how good Jesus is and how much he loves us how much God loves us uh, that he sent his son to die on the cross to die for our sins. The Word of God is alive. You've probably heard it uh, mentioned as a living organism, uh, that, that it's alive. Nothing dead comes, from, nothing dead gives life. Right. If it wasn't alive, you couldn't have life. Right. But the Word of God is life. Ephesians 2 and 1, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. You say, well, who was dead in trespasses and sin? All of us were dead in trespasses and sin. And we found that out and from the word of God. You didn't find that out from a fable. You didn't find that out from a, a, an old Bible. You found that out from the Bible, the word of God, told you you were lost. And when you found out that you were lost, you seen a need to get saved. If you were out in the woods somewhere and you're just walking along, enjoying the scenery, enjoying the brooks running by and crossing over them and getting a drink of spring water, you know, and climbing up the mountain a little bit, you'd be just fine until you realize you didn't know where you was. Then you'd start searching, trying to find out where you was. Well, you didn't know you was lost until the Word of God showed you that you were lost. It's the Word of God uh, that shows us that and the Word of God that shows us how to get saved. <clears throat> it's the only way to heaven. Amen. Psalm 119, verse 81. My soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. Yes. What are you hoping on tonight to get to heaven? I hope you're hoping on of the word of God, what right. the word of God says. Yes. Not because... Uh, uh, some Sunday school teacher told you, right. but what that Sunday school teacher told you come from uh, the Word of Amen. God. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. It's the only way to escape hell. <laughs> you can try anything you want to, but you'll find out when you get to hell you're wrong. Right. It's only the Word oh. of God. Now, you can talk to many different people and you'll come up with many different ways to escape hell. All the way from uh, where you're not bad enough 
There really is no hell. Well, you know, pay pay your penance, pay this, do this, do that, whatever it is. They'll come up a thousand different ways. But there's only one way, and that's to let Jesus do it. And not only the way of life, but the way to live. Not only does it give you life, it tells you how to live that life. God didn't say, all right, you're saved now, and if you live perfect, you'll get to heaven, but you're just going to have to figure it out on your own. Matter of fact, we're not going to live perfect anyway. But we're to strive for perfection. We're to strive to live the way that this word tells us uh, to live. The word of God, uh, uh, Psalm 119, verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. That's the reason we need to know the word of God because we need to know it doesn't matter what somebody else says sin is. It matters what God says sin is. And we need to know the word of God so that we cannot sin against him. The word of God is like a pacemaker. You know, they put that, you get, your heart gets off rhythm and it won't stay on rhythm and they'll put that pacemaker in there and it keeps your heart beating right. Well, the Word of God will keep you living right. That's how you know you're living right when you're lining up with the Word of God. You're not living right because Grandpa said to. You're not living right because Uncle said to or uh, the church said to. It's what does the Word of God say about how to live. That is the way to live. The way to live. It keeps your life running right, just like that pacemaker. You get out of line, and if you're in the Word of God, you're going to feel something wrong. Right. You got a, I had never had a pacemaker, but I would imagine if that battery gets low, you're going to know it right away. <laughs> if something happens to that pacemaker, you're going to know it right away. Not going to take too long. And when you're in the Word of God, And when you're studying the Word of God and reading the Word of God and you know the Word of God, then when you get out of line of the Word of God, you know it. Now, if you don't study, you don't read, you could be way out of line and not even know it. You could be way out in sin and not even know it. But you need the Word of God. The Word of God being just in your head, that won't do it. The Bible says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart. That means you know the word, but you believe the word. You trust in the word. The word is precious to you, uh, that you would hide it in your heart, that you would not just memorize it verbally, but that you would feel it, the inspired word of God, what it does to your soul when you know the word of God. It's instructions for your construction. You say, well, how do I build the Christian life? It's in the Word of God. How do I live right? It's in the Word of God. How do I build a a life like some great Christians? I know some great Christians. How do I get to become a great Christian? You follow the Word of God. Yes, sir. Amen. Good. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. We're supposed to present ourselves to God. And he's by the mercies of God. You say, well, some of these things 
Uh, that's hard to live. You don't know what kind of how I used to live. You don't know what kind of influences I have. You don't know where I have to live it at. You don't know who I'm around. The Bible says, by the mercies of God. Yes. And God's mercies are never ending. Amen. God has enough mercy and God has enough grace to help you live the way that his word tells you to live. He's not going to tell you to live some way and then not help you do it. Right. He'll help you do it if that is your desire to do it. <clears throat> Says to live wholly acceptable unto God. God's got, God expects certain things out of his children. If you have children or you raise children, there were certain things that you expected from them and you showed them how to, that you what you expected, and then you expect them to carry it on and do it when you weren't around. God expects us to, we can't say do it when he's not around because he's always around, but he expects us to do it when nobody else is around, Amen. to follow what he has showed us in of the word of God. Amen. We need to realize the last part of that, well, that's the next verse, and verse 2, and be not conformed to this world. It's easy to be conformed. The world will conform you. The world will get you just like it wants you. All you have to do is let it. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, how do you renew your mind? By the word of God. Your mind is full of the world unless you put the word of God in it. And then you fill your mind with it. You renew your mind with the word of God. And then hide it in your heart. And then you live by that word. Amen. that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. How do you know what God wants you to do with your life if you don't know the word of God? Right. Answer, you don't know. Right. You need to know the word of God. God has something in store for you that you cannot attain without the word of God. You need to know the Word of God, not just read it once in a while, not just listen to it in Sunday school, not just listen to it when you hear it preached, but you need to read the Word of God. You need to know the Word of God so you know what God's perfect will is for your life. And not only gives us instructions, but it's not only instructions, but it's an instructor. Hebrews 12 and 2 looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That word uh, author is also can be uh, written as originator. Jesus, the word is the originator of our faith because Jesus is the word of God. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So we are to look at Jesus. Look what he did for us that we may go to heaven. And when you, you've you trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you need to remember what he did for you, what he went through. You need to know what the Word of God says about what he went through. I know we learn it in the Sunday school as little children. It's taught in Sunday school. But you need to study it as teenagers. You need to study it as young adults. You need to study it as grown adults. And the more you study it, the more you realize what Christ really did for you. It takes knowing the Word of God to fully understand just what Christ did. 
The word translated author also means teacher. As I said, it's, he's the originator of our faith and the finisher of our faith. Yes. He is the originator. The teach, he teaches us how to believe, how to, how to understand the word, how to have faith in the word by reading the word of God. If you don't read the word of God, you're not going to have much faith in the word of God. And then I see a place to live. Well, what do you mean a place to live? You can't live in that Bible. Well, Psalm 119, verse 114 says, Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. The song says, Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. There's times when things are going bad. This is where you want to live. You try other things to take care of your sorrows. You try other things to take care of your sickness. You try other things to take care of people uh, that are uh, hindering your walk with God. Where you need to live is in the Word of God. You need to find you a hiding place in the Word of God. It will hide you. You can, you can climb into the Word of God through your mind reading the Word of God and everything else is gone. Everything else, there's no worries, there's no problems. When you get deep into the Word of God, it'll be a hiding place for you. You, you know, uh, I think they call it safe rooms now. Uh, people, I guess if you got enough money, you build a safe room in your house where if something, somebody comes in, breaks in, I guess if you got enough money, you need a place to go for somebody to, not to get you because you got too much money or they got enough money. But they, they build this room and they go in and lock it up and nobody, they can't get in, right? Safe room. This is a safe room for you. When you got nowhere else to go, when there's things coming against you that you can't do anything about, this is your safe room. Uh, to go to, but you, it needs to be familiar. Yes, you know, I think if I had a safe room in my house, I'd want to know when I got in it, I'd want to know where that switch was <laughs> to shut that door. Right. And I sure want to know how to open that door back up. Right. And I want to know what's in there. I don't know if there's a bed in there, there's a bathroom in there, what's in there. How long am I going to stay in there? I'm gonna be, I want it prepared. I want a place right. that I know what's in there. Well, we, when you use the Word of God, you better know what's in here. You need to know what's in here, and then you can use that for a safe room. Yes, it can never be too, you can never be too familiar with the Word of God. Right. Sometimes you think uh, that you or somebody else knows a lot about a subject, and, and one thing I'm thinking about right now, my brother-in-law, for years he delivered flowers at Forsyth Hospital. And so if we were ever at the hospital with him, we'd just follow him. Right. You know, the hospital, you try, well, where's this at? And you, they say, well, you go down there and you turn down that hall and you go up that elevator right. and you go over and you get on that elevator and you go down two and you go back up three and you don't know where you're at half the time. So we just follow him, you know. So we was over at one time and uh, we wanted to go to the cafe. We was in the waiting room, we wanted to go to the cafe. He said, come on, I'll take him. So we go out of the, we go out of the waiting room, go down the hall, Turn down that way, turn down that way, go over that way, go down the elevator, get off the floor, go over that way, go over that way. And we're just falling in. We're fine. You know, we're good. We're good. Well, we were, you know, another day, we're, the person was still in the hospital, so we're, uh, or maybe it was a different time, I don't know. And the people are in the waiting room, they know we're going to the cafe. And they say, uh, well, you can take that elevator right there. Okay. Anyway, right and went. But Okay. We get an elevator. 
Elevator door opens up. There's Shelly. <laughs> we thought Ronnie knew where to go, right? He knew how to get there. But you need to know the best way how to get there. You need to know the Word of God. You're not going to know the Word of God too good. You're not going to know too much about the Word of God. You need to familiarize yourself with the Scriptures. Psalm 119, 105, again, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. That means it helps you see where you're going. It's like a GPS that will lead you where you need to go. It won't mess up either. Now, this GPS you can trust. It tells you which way to go. You can go that way. It tells you how to get there. But another good thing is it will lead you back to where you were after you got where you wasn't supposed to be. You know, sometimes you, you, you put in, uh, you're in one place and you know where you're going, so you put that in the GPS and you want to get back to that. I don't, I don't know the address where I was. <laughs> so you have to go back on the GPS and, and put that in. Right, right. But, you know, we're not, we don't always stay on track, do we? It's not always looking to the Word of God to see what direction we need to go forward in. Sometimes we have to go back. Because we've got off track. We've got out of line. And we need to get back to where we were so we can get back on track. Then I see power to live. Hebrews 14, 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is what gives us power to go on. We need strength to go on. This world is not easy to go, go in anymore. I mean, we thought it was hard 20 years ago, right? That's, as they say, a piece of cake, right? Compared to now. Compared the world, and you've heard, already heard it a thousand times, the world's gone crazy. It, it makes no sense whatsoever. And it's, that one thing is, it don't have to make sense anymore. All you got to do is say that. All you got to do is say it, and that's what you believe, so it's right. And they say what they say, and that's right. And they say what they say, and that's right. I'm glad we got the word of God that we know yes. is right. Yes, sir. Christianity takes power that you don't have. Not on your own. You need the word of God yes. to show you, to give you that power, to give you that strength to go on. When you go without the word of God too long, you don't know how weak you are. Amen. You, you go a little ways and, and you get back right. And the next time you go a little further and you go longer without the word of God and you go longer without the word of God. I know when I was in the hospital, uh, I, I guess I got, the first time they got me up, I'd been in there about 20 days. And I told some of you this, but, you know, they're, they're there in the, the therapist is there. She's going to give me some therapy there in the hospital, and she's making sure I don't fall over. I do remember this first time they, they said, well, let's see how far you can. This was later, but they said, how far can you lean over? And I went. <laughs> but I got up, and they're just talking, you know. <clears throat> they're trying to tell me what we're going to do, and my head's doing this. I said, what did my head go down for? I didn't tell it to I had, I had to think 
to make my head stay up because I hadn't used my neck muscles. There wasn't no pillow back there holding it up no more. I had to think about it to hold it up. So when you go without the word of God too long, you don't know how far out you are. Because you've been absorbing the wrong kind of stuff. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. We need our Christ from our strength from Christ, and we get that through the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Right. Hallelujah. So Jesus loves me. He says, I am weak, but he is strong. Right. Now, we call that a, a children's song, but we need to remember that as adults. That's right. Because that never changes. We think the little, little children, yeah, they're, they're feeble and they're young and they don't have a lot of strength and they're little and, and so they're weak. Well, we don't have much strength and we're feeble and we're weak and he is strong. Amen. That never changes. Good. He's always the strong one. Amen. And then we need power for witnessing. 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved. It is the power of God. We need the preaching of the word of God that we may be able to go out into this world and tell people what Jesus did for them. Now, they think it's foolish, but it's amazing what God can do after you tell them. See, they got to hear it. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So you get the preaching of the word of God. It empowers you to go out and tell people about the word of God and you tell them what Jesus did and they may laugh in your face. Uh, They may get mad. They may cuss you out. They may slam a door. They may walk away. Whatever they do, they'll never get away from the word of God because they've heard it. You say, well, they can forget it. The Holy Spirit ain't going to forget it. You know how many people's in hell right now remembering the word of God? They're going to, they remember every time somebody tried to tell them about Christ. Good. And we need to tell them about Christ. <clears throat> That's why many Christians are so weak because they don't hear the Word of God. They don't read the Word of God. They don't study the Word of God. Matthew 10, 19 and 20 <clears throat> Jesus tells his disciples, Take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. And you say, well, he's, he's telling the disciples that, and, and, and Jesus talked to them. Well, we've got everything we need to know about what Jesus said right here. That's right. And we've got it in written form. And Jesus said, I said it to you, and God's going to bring it back to you. We've got it to read and to read and to read and to read and to read. And God will bring up the point, the part that we need when we need it. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Not two hours, Johnny. <laughs> then I see eternal life. <clears throat> John 1 1 In the beginning was yes. the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. So how long has the Word been around? From the beginning. 
Psalm 41, 13. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting and to everlasting. Amen and amen. You say, well, that's talking about the Lord being from everlasting to everlasting. What did I just say, though? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word's been around just as long as God's been around. God's always been around. It's eternal. This is the only eternal thing other than human life you can hold in your hand. It's eternal. You can take fire and burn it, but it don't change the Word of God. Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. That's in the Gospels three times, word for word, exactly like that. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Now you think about that. You think, well, heaven's going to pass away? That's what the Bible says. The earth's going to pass away? That's what the Bible says. Is the word going to pass away? No, it's not. No, it's not. Good. <clears throat> and then I see the most important thing in my life, Psalm 138 and 2. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. God says the word is it. It's top. The word is what you need. And then number three, what I hope you see. I hope you see something that lives in you. Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. The, The word of God should be the focal point, the center point of our lives. Everything should revolve around the Word of God. If it goes against the Word of God, get rid of it. Don't do it, just get rid of it. It needs to, the Bible says, dwell in us. That we so saturate our minds with it that it dwells in our body. That anything we do, anything we think, everything that, that, that we have to do, that it automatically, if it goes up against the Word of God, we just stop. We, we automatically know. That's what it means for the Word of God to dwell in you, that it's not something that you have to go back and check on, but when it goes, something goes against it, you automatically know because the Word of God is right there. <coughs> And then I hope you see something that matures you. Second Peter 3.18 But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. We're to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Well, how are we going to do that? By the word of God. There's no other way to do it. Amen. You say, well, this guy over here, he sounds pretty smart. What difference does that make? But ain't the word of God, you're not going to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. The knowledge of Jesus Christ, the word. The word was in the beginning, the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word was made flesh. That's right. 
<clears throat> Something that approves you. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. Not only to read it, but to study the word of God and to rightly divide the word of God. That means you have to study all parts of the word of God to, and then divide it correctly and you're not taking this part over here because you like it and you're not throwing this part away because you don't like it, but you're rightly dividing the word of God. You're not wrongly dividing the word of God. And then I hope you see something you need to read. If you only read what you study, you won't get much read. Now, you need to study, but when you study, you take a few scriptures and you may study for hours or days even. That's right. And you're not going to get a lot read that way. But you need to read the whole Bible. And the only way you're going to do that is to set some time aside to read the Bible. Amen. You can't. You can't go to bed at night thinking, when I get time tomorrow, I'm going to read the Bible. I can tell you how much you're going to read. The same amount you read when you were sleeping. You're not going to read it. But if you say, I'm going to get up, and as soon as I can get some clothes on, I'm going to read the Word of God. Or I got an hour lunch, I'm going to take 30 minutes of that, and I'm going to read the Word of God. And you, you may be somebody who says, before I go to bed at night, I'm going to take 30 minutes and read the Word of God. Now, that ain't, there's no use in me trying to. I'm going to fall asleep. But that might be you. You might can do that. But you need to figure out when you can read the Word of God. But thing is, you've got to set that time aside. <clears throat> and then be consistent every day. You need to make a ritual of reading the Word of God so that you're, you're, you, pro, you basically program yourself to that time of day. You know, if you take and if you're, you're used to eating at 12 o'clock noon every day, okay? If you go to 1 o'clock, you're hungry. Good. But you can program yourself to wait to 3. Yeah. Eat at 12.15 every day. Right. Do that a couple of weeks, eat at 12.30 every day. Then eat at 1, eat, stretching out. And you won't be hungry at 1 o'clock. That's what you got to do to your mind. You got to set your mind, program your mind that this is when I'm going to read the Word of God because this is when it's best for me to read it. And you got to do it every day. Right. Now, things can happen. And, and things, something might happen in the middle of the night. And you have to. And you read first thing in the mornings, and you have to go do something, and that time's gone. And but don't let that make the, make you miss the next day. Right. Don't get so far behind you can't get caught up. What happens usually is the time is not set aside. So a Christian tries to read the Word of God, and maybe for a week they read it every day, and then they read it five days next week and three days the next week then they forget about it for two weeks and I thought oh, I'm never going to get it all read <laughs> right. I'll wait till next year <clears throat> set a goal if you don't have a goal how much Bible you're going to read you're not going to read a whole lot you're just not 
Very few people who don't have a goal or a schedule ever get the whole Bible read. That's good, right. Yeah. You say, and usually I know most people say a good thing is to read the Bible through in a year, and it is, and you, it's not that hard to do. You say, well, I just, I'm just a really slow reader. If you read half the Bible in a year and you read it all in two years, that'd be more than a lot of Christians do. That'd be more than most Christians do. That's the reason Christians, again, are so weak, because they don't read the Word of God. They don't know the Word of God. I think it's a good idea to have a special bookmark in your Bible, one that shows. Every time you pick it up, you see that bookmark. Now, you, I mean, most Bi- a lot of Bibles come with a little a satin uh, strip in it. You can use that if you want to. And you, you don't have to be anything fancy. You know what I used for about 20 years to it wore out? An old FSA receipt, pink, the writing Bible. Couldn't even, couldn't even read it. When, when it got really so ragged, I threw it away. But use something to mark the Bible where you're at reading, to keep up with it. Make it a personal rule. Listen, nobody's going to come around. <clears throat> now, when you're growing up, you might have had a parent say, now, your room's going to be this clean, and you're going to do this at this time. And I know I worked living on the farm, so I had this to do and that to do and that to do. But there's nobody going to come and tell you if you're an adult. Now, you you got to read the Word of God right now. It's when you got to do it. No, you have to make yourself do it. You have to make it a personal rule that that's what you do. And read the whole Bible. Read the whole Bible. If you haven't ever read the whole Bible, I'm going to tell you this. first time I did it years ago, I sat down and said, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to read it this, in this way, read it at this time. And did I read it at that time every day? Not every day, but I got back at it. And read it, and read it through, and right around just right around a year exactly. Now, the, I really that made me feel good that I, I knew the first time you read it through, you're going to learn so much. You're you're ready to read it again, <laughs> and then you read it again, and you read it again, and you'll never read the Bible through that you don't learn something. I don't care if you read it five hundred times. 501. Didn't see that in there before. It's it's an amazing book when you read it. It's an amazing book because it's not like any other book. It's not written by man. It's written by God. And it's it's amazing what it can do for you to read the Word of God. You see a great Christian and so I just don't know. How, I don't know how they do this. I don't know how they do that. It seemed like almost for sure they read the Word of God, and that's how they knew how to live for God. Miss Susan comes. We stand to our feet. I want to encourage you tonight, especially if you've never read the Word of God through. You say, "Well, it's." September is the middle of the year. As soon as January gets here, I wouldn't wait till January. You say, well, I'm going to read it all through from Genesis to Revelation. Well, start in Genesis now, and you'll figure out where you'll be. And no matter if you finish up in the middle of the year, right. that'll be all right. 
Be better not finishing up at all. But if the Lord's telling you you need to read the Bible, that's what you need to do. Come January, he might not be telling you that. He'll want you to, but you won't be hearing it. That'll be the problem. And the other reason you need to come tonight, just because you come to the altar don't mean that you don't read your Bible. Maybe you need to come. Whatever God's laid on your heart, maybe you need to come. Maybe you're here tonight and never received Christ as Savior. You come down, somebody will take the Word of God and show you how to be saved. You'll never regret it. Never regret getting saved. Maybe you're here and you've read the Bible through several times, but lately it just seems like you just can't get it done. Maybe you need to come rededicate. Redetermine in yourself if that's what you're going to do. This flesh will err. Got to go the wrong way. It needs the Word of God. Anybody else need to come? We thank you for allowing us to come tonight, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the Word of God. And, Lord, sometimes it's the only thing that will help. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we know we can always turn to it and it will always be there. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.